is to preach Christ. That is the old, that is a New Testament ministry is to preach Christ. So let's go to the, to Second Corinthians uh, in chapter number three. This is not going to be my scripture for subject, but I want to read this first. Second Corinthians chapter number three. And when you hear the word of God, you know my responsibility to you. My responsibility is to make sure I feed you the word. Your responsibility is to make sure you eat. Not just eat now, but you need to eat as much as you can. And I'm talking about not just wisdom, not just knowledge, but also understanding. You come to a point in your life where you now begin to understand the word. And you get that every week, begin to understand every week, week after week. And before long, you, you'll be able to know the word. And that's where God wants you to. All right. Second Corinthians, we're going to be looking at chapter number three. And I just want to show you a verse right now. Second Corinthians, chapter number three. All right. Second Corinthians, chapter number three. Now, the Apostle Paul is, is teaching this. This is not going to be my uh, subject, but I want to show you something. In verse number one. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, this is what Paul said to the church. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we other some uh, other's epistles? So he's telling them about do we need again to commend ourselves or some epistles or commendation to you? Or letters accommodation. See, he's talking about, do we need to send, a, send you a letter? But then in verse number two, he said to them, you are our epistles, known and read of all men. All right. You are our epistles. Say that with me. You are our epistles, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. All right. Thank you. For it's mercy then, the Bible said in verse four, uh, verse 3 said, For much then you are manifestly declared. Come on, that's going to be a key witness. Say it with me. You are manifestly declared. Thank you very much. To be the epistle of Christ. Once again, you are manifestly de- declared to be the epistle of Christ. How do you become the epistle of Christ? You are manifested, declared to be the epistles of Christ. Ministered by us. Written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone like they did in the Old Testament, but in fleshly tables of the heart. So Paul is telling them, the church, you are manifested, declared. Not just declared, I'm going to show you what it means by manifestation. You are manifested, declared to be the epistles of Christ. Ministered by us, Paul says. So I have to know what I'm doing. And then verse number four says, and such trust have we through Christ to God. What? Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Then he's going to tell you in verse six, who also had, past tense, made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, the word letter means the law, but of the spirit. So I'm a minister 
of the Spirit. Let me say it again. I am an able minister of the Spirit. The new covenant is the Spirit. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So that's what I want you to understand. When you come sitting under the word of God, what is God giving you? He's giving you life. People who want the word wants life. People who don't want the word don't want life. So you can say you want life, but if you want life, you'll go where the word is being ministered. You'll go where God is, has abled men, has abled men to teach you the new covenant. All right. So I want to go to our subject now. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. I'm going to start reading verse number 7. See, I've been teaching you about Christ. That's my responsibility. It is to show, show you what you already have in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 7. The Bible says, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. The man is not of the woman, but the woman is of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, Neither the woman without the man in the Lord. And verse number 12 says, For as the woman is of the man, even so the man is by the woman. But all things are of God. So I'm going to be teaching you today about Christ, the gospel of Christ is the glory of God. Now, I've been teaching you about the gospel of Christ. Just a little recap. Because I've been giving you what the gospel of Christ is. I gave you Romans 1.16. I told you the gospel of Christ, number one, is the power of God. I'm hoping you write, got somewhere in your Bible you can keep some information. I told you the gospel of Christ is the power of God on the salvation. Nobody can be saved without hearing and believing the gospel of Christ. And yet we see churches are filled to the brim and they are preaching all kinds of stuff and not the gospel of Christ. But hopefully you have to pray that God would open people's eyes so they would see. Then number two, I said to you, the gospel of Christ is the wisdom of God. And I gave that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 and verse 24. Christ, the wisdom of God. So if you're going to preach Christ, you have to preach the power. If you're going to preach Christ, you have to preach the wisdom. Because that's what, when you're preaching Christ, that's what you're doing. And then last week, I gave you number three. I took you to 2 Corinthians. Let's go to, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I gave you number three. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I gave you starting with verse number three. I said, but if our gospel be here, it is here to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world 
has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. Last week I told you the gospel of Christ is the very image of God. Should shine under them. And then Paul told you how he got it. He said, we preach not ourselves, but we preach Christ. We preach Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God commanded the light to shine out of darkness. He's telling you how he got the revelation. Has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Christ, the gospel of Christ is the glory of God. Has shined in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, why are all of these things I'm talking about so important? God gave me a series that I haven't gotten to yet. And the only way you're going to know the series where I'm going, I got to build up my evidence here. You know, I got to give you a lot of word to prepare you for what I'm going to give you. So when I get to the next series, then you'll know why Christ is so important in your life. He is the power of God in you. He is the wisdom of God in you. He is the knowledge of God in you. He is the image of God in you. He is also the glory of God in you. So when we deal with this word knowledge, we also dealing with glory. And when God fills you with glory, he's filled you with knowledge. So I want to show you how, how the word of God is so, I mean, perfectly put here for us. All we got to do is get it. All right, so what I want to do today is I want to tell you, tell you a lot of things that you're going to understand. See, I'm going to bring you to a place of understanding. That's what I want to bring you today. All right, so when I said to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 7, chapter 7, verse 7, and I showed you that Christ is the glory of God, but he showed you as a man. See, the Bible Paul is telling you the man, but the man there is Christ. The woman there is the church. Now, the reason why we know that, because Paul gave us that in Ephesians chapter number five, and he taught on marriage. And then he says, let me just go to that, Ephesians chapter five. See, you have to be able to know when Paul talking about the man, he's talking about Christ. He's talking about Adam if he's talking about the natural man, and then you're talking about Christ if you're talking about the spirit man. So in the, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, when Paul finished that chapter, he, he, he taught this on husband and wives. When we hear it, we think of husband and wife. But then before Paul finished that chapter, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 30, we're going to start down there, Ephesians 5, 30. He's going to begin to tell you what he means. He says, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bone. Now, he's talking about the woman. Now, the woman is, mem is a member of Christ's body, of his flesh, and of his bone. For this cause, shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. 
This is a great mystery, he says. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. So we have to understand when Paul is teaching you in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he's teaching about Adam and Eve. In the old covenant, it's Adam and Eve. And so we have to understand, but in the new covenant, it's Christ and the church. So you have to be able to follow that all the way down to where you are today and understand. See, when people look at us, they look at us as the church. We are, but we are the body of Christ. See, Israel was the church. Watch, watch this real good. But I speak concerning in verse number 33, 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Now, remember Christ and the church. In that same verse, we're going to replace Christ. Because you are the body of Christ. And then the, the first century believers was called the church. Hope you, hope you can hear me real good. And I think this is what happens. Is what happens is we don't know who we are. We are the body of Christ. Who are we? We are the body of Christ. See, so in that verse, Paul talks about Christ in the church. Well, the word Christ right there is, is really us after, after he rose from the dead. In verse number 33, he said, But nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife she that she'll reference her husband. Now, I got a lot of work to do because I don't want you to be confused. So we're going to be able to go and see this. Now, I want to go to Second uh, Corinthians uh, ch chapter 4 because I want to show you what Paul's aim is. And I want to show you why First John, I'm going to have to use First John, I'm going to have to use Paul writing to show you why he had to preach Christ. As the power of God, as the wisdom of God, as the knowledge of God, as the image of God, as the glory of God. Why he keep preaching this all through his teaching? Because you cannot be changed. Let's go to 1, 2 Corinthians 3 first. We're going to back back. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 4, but let's go to 2 Corinthians 3 first. When he taught 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, he talked about the glory. He talked about the veil. And then he showed how once the veil is taken away, let's start reading with verse number 15. But, verse 14, okay. But their mind were blinded. We in 2 Corinthians 3 first. But their mind were blinded. For until this day remain the same veil untaken away. In the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. So otherwise, once Israel would turn to Christ, they wouldn't have a veil anymore. Now, in verse number 15, remember the veil, the purpose of the veil is keep them from seeing Christ. See, it's just like a woman walked to the altar and she's going to get married to her groom and she has a veil over her face. The veil really was there to keep her from seeing her husband and her husband from seeing her until he removed the veil. 
So in verse number 16, now the veil here is upon their heart, not face. But even unto this day when Moses railed, the veil is upon their heart. Said the veil, the veil. is upon their hearts. All right, so it's not on their face, it's on their heart. But in verse number 16, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, otherwise, when they turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Isn't that what happened when a person gets married? They turn to their husband. And when they turn to their husband, and it, now they're married, now the veil can be taken away. Now the Lord, in verse number 17, now the Lord is their spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And now he's going to get to his conclusion. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, watch this, the glory of the Lord, are changed. So otherwise, how are we changed? By beholding the glory of the Lord. That's why I told you the gospel of Christ is the glory of God. So how are you going to be changed? You have to continue to get and receive and hear the gospel of Christ preached. As you are doing that, God called the gospel of Christ the glory of the Lord. You're beholding the glory of the Lord. I changed into the same image from glory to glory. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now I'm going to show you why, how that happened and why it happened. Because if you're not set up on a ministry where they're preaching the gospel of Christ, or you just in and out, you hear some, you, don't, you, you get it today, you don't get it tomorrow. I mean, you, you heard it one time, you don't keep hearing. See, you, you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to do with the word. So that's why you can't be changed. Change is going to take place when you make the commitment to get the word on a daily basis. Give us day by day our daily bread. All right. Now, once again, I want to make sure you get verse 18 because I'm going to show you the same thing. Why Israel's salvation was different from yours. How are we changed? In verse 18. We are with open face, beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord. So as we are beholding the word of God, which is the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image of my Christ. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the Spirit of the Lord is using the Word to change us. As we behold in the Word. As we get in the Word. See, this was in the Old Covenant. There's a teaching you can find in the Old Covenant. If you're going to go back to Jacob. When Jacob was coming out of, when he was at Laban's house. And when he was at Laban's house, uh, he found out that although the speckled, spotted, and ring-eyed sheep was going to be his, so what he did, he cut the stick and made an image. And then he put the stick in the water trough so when the, when the animal will come and drink, they will see the image. And then all of the sheep was being born was ring eye, speckled, and spotted. And the man realized, I'm supposed to give you the sheep, but I'm supposed to give you the ring eye, speckled, and spotted. Well, Jacob found out from the Lord how to get them to be ring out spotted. spotted. So, so otherwise, how is God going to get you to be like him? The word. He put the, he put the word before you every day. And as you read the word and study the word and, and minister the word of God, it's changing you from glory to glory as Christ himself. Give the Lord a big hand. 
So you have to understand the whole purpose of you coming, getting the word is to obtain the glory. The glory is on the word. Just like the old covenant, the glory was on Moses, but it faded. So the glory is on the word. Said the glory is on the word. Right. So you get as much glory as you want. How much glory you need. All right. Now let's show you Israel. Let me show you the difference between us and Israel. In 1 John chapter 3. This is Israel's salvation. This is how they are changed. 1 John chapter 3 told us how they were changed. See, they had to be changed by seeing him. See, that's the difference in our salvation, their salvation. See, people are waiting to see him. You don't realize the reason Israel was waiting to see him because they couldn't be changed until the same image until they saw him. That's not your salvation. You are changed when you see the word. Let me say it again. You are changed from glory to glory and you're, you're renewed day by day as you beholding the word. See, people are still waiting to see him to change. That's why you're not changing. See, you're neglecting your change on a daily basis by not receiving the word. All right, let's look at it. First John chapter 3. Watch what, Paul, watch what John says to the, to the Jewish believers. Now, he's ministering to the church of God just like the apostle Paul is because the letter that in Corinth is really to the church of God. The church of God is the first century church. All right? But it, 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 let's look at 1 John 3. 1 John 3 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now he's telling them, you're the sons of God now. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear. So that's why they was waiting for him to come. When he shall appear, we shall see him like he is. Now, why was that so important? We're going to see him like he is. Well, they will be changed when they see him. See, they couldn't be changed until the same image until they see him. See, you have to understand, every day you are being renewed day by day. They, have, they had to wait to see him. So in verse number Two once again said, but now we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, they was waiting on him, see. We shall, when he, when he appear, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. That's not your, your covenant. And then verse number three says, and every man that hath this hope in him purify himself even as he is pure. So they would, they would be changed because their salvation was coming. When Jesus came, Jesus was their salvation. So that's how they will be changed. You are changed by the word on a daily basis. All right. Now, it's called the glory of God. Say that with me, the glory of God. Right. Now, I gave you that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15. Let's go back there. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 15. This is how you change. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15 says, And all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound, watch this, to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. See, your, your salvation has happened day by day. And then he said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment working for us, a far more, watch this, an eternal weight of glory. When, why we look not at the thing which are seen. See, people still want to see him. Your salvation is not based on you seeing him. Why we look not at the thing which are seen, but the thing which are not seen. For the thing which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So God wants you to be changed as you are seeing the word of God who is eternal. The word of God is the power of God. <coughs> How is that power going to manifest your life on a daily basis? It's just like going to the gym, Brother Yancey. And as you pump in the iron, guess what happened? You'll be changed day by day. So you see somebody who got a six-pack. I told my wife I'm working on a two-pack. <laughs> Get two at a time, brother. As a matter of fact. But when you see a guy with a six-pack, he didn't just get a six-pack overnight. He's been working a long time. So I'm working on a two-pack. So I don't know about nobody else. Maybe one day I'll work on the six, but right now I'm on a two-pack. Amen. Good to have a pack at all, brother. All right. But you got to understand, God is changing you from inside out. More like Christ every day. Somebody say, I'm, I'm becoming more like Christ every day. Now, let's look at that. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 18. I'm going to fill you with some words today. I got to get this because I got a series coming. Romans chapter 8. In the book of Romans chapter number 8, verse number 18, Paul is speaking. And Paul is still talking to the, to the church at Rome now. This is the last place he went to with the church at Rome. And so he got a lot of information because over his, all of his ministry, he finally got to Rome. Romans chapter 8, that's what we're waiting on. Verse number 18. It says, I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, I'm going to show you something about this word revealed and manifestation because the word of God does both. The word of God reveals Christ in you and manifests Christ to you. So there's a manifestation, manifestation taking in place. We're talking about the six pack. There's a manifestation taking place on the outside as you pump in the iron. That's manifestation. But then there's a revelation of the sun you renew day by day. Say it with me. The renewed day by day is Christ in me. The manifestation is the spirit on me. Right. Say grace is on me. Christ is in me. Right. See, see God working 
both at the same time. That's what this word is doing for you. All right. Now, in verse number 18 again, we're in Romans 8, 18. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the honest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. See, there's a revelation of the Son of God in you, and then there's a manifestation of the sons of God on the outside. How many can see what I'm saying here? Come on, raise your hand. Are you, are you understand that you are changing on the inside and on the outside? Your everyday life before me is changing, and your life before the Father is changing. See, I don't see your change on the inside. I can only see your change on the outside. So on the inside, you change it before the Lord. But on the outside, you change it before me. Somebody said, get, somebody give God a little praise there. So he said, the honest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, talking about Adam, not willingly, but by reason of him that subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the abundance of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travail in pain together until now, Paul says. And not they only, not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption of, to wit, the redemption of our body. And that's what they was waiting for the Lord to return and raise him from the dead. See, but the glory, they was waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. All right? That's why you read the Gospel of John. They were saved. They were the sons of God by faith or in his name. That was how their salvation was. All right, let's continue. Let's go to, uh, I did 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, let's see 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 7 while we're there. Let's go back there. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 7. Now, when I say 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians, remember these books was written to the church of God. It, it, it's for us. I mean, we can glow, we can glow, but we have to know what's going on. Because there are times, just like this morning when I read you 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and a woman, ought, a woman ought not to cover her head. If you look at Israel, he's talking to people who did that every day. So we know that a woman was not, not to cover her head. So what did that mean? She was not to cover her head. If you look today, if you look today, you have to understand it. She was, they were not to cover their heads. The covering of the head says she was under authority of her husband. Let me say it again. In Israel, when you have people who wear the covering on their head, when they wear the covering on their head, it says that they are under authority to their husband. When they did not wear a covenant on their head, they were single. See, that's how you knew who they were. So Paul gave her that in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. That's why we read that. But let, let's, let's, let's keep going right here with 2 Corinthians now. I gave you 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 3, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. It said, but if I gossip be hid. Now, that, I went on and read that, but I'm just going to show you something. If I gossip be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world. Remember, I told you the God of this world was before the cross. So he's not talking about today. See, people take the day and say, well, see, the other devil is the God of this world. No, he's not. 
Remember I told you that to save the God of this world means he is in, God gave the world over to him. No, that happened in the Old Covenant. He got the world in the Old Covenant through Adam. Jesus came and got the back through his death, death, and resurrection. So he rose from the dead, Matthew 28, 18, all power has been given to me in heaven and earth. See, he's not the God of this world. He's the God of the Old Testament. He's God of the world before, before the resurrection. Uh, before the second coming of Christ. So that's why I said to people, if you don't believe Christ has come, you still think the devil's the God of this world. And all those people who waited on Christ are still in the ground. Because you don't believe Christ has come. You, you, you got to see what you're saying you believe. That's how you got to come out of it. You got to snap out of it. You've been lied to. All right. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says that Christ's gospel, the gospel of Christ in verse 4 is the image of God. I just want to show you that one more time. Now, now we got to, we got to go because I got I to gotta, I gotta go. Praise God. Now, I want to show you this. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians first again, chapter 11. I got, to, I got to do that one time before I leave it. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 7 said, a man. Now, he's talking about Christ. All not to cover his head. Now he's talking about Adam in the natural Christ in the spirit realm. All not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God. So we know he's talking about Christ. Say Christ, Christ. is the image and the glory of God. Right. Now, this is Paul. When Paul gets into not to cover his head, he's talking about worshiping other gods. Giving yourself to other gods, okay? He is the image and the glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. So when you see my wife, you see my glory. But he's not talking about us just husband and wife. He's talking about Christ in the church. So Paul is letting the church know that she is God's glory. Now to say that means God gave Adam authority over the church. Eve in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16. Now we know that because that's what God said to her. Let's go back there first. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Now you must understand in the beginning before Eve ate of the tree of neither good and evil, they had the same authority. Eve had the same authority that Adam had. But once she ate of the tree of neither good and evil, then God had Adam to rule over her. Now remember, we're not talking about you rule over your wife. We're talking about Christ in the church. All right. So in Genesis chapter 3, and we look at uh, verse number 16, and unto the woman, I will greatly multiply by sorrow and by conception. Now he only said this after she ate of the tree of neither good and evil. I will multiply by sorrow and conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to your husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now remember, this is Christ ruling over the church. So Paul is letting them know that as the woman, after she fell, ate of the tree of neither good and evil, now the man ruled over her. It was given to her by, by God. Now this man was Christ. Adam was a type of Christ. Eve was a type of the woman. All right. So now Adam says Christ rules over the church. That's what he meant. She'll rule over you. All right. Now let's keep, let's, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 11. That's what that means. 
The man is not of the woman and the woman of the man. So God, once again, I want you to understand, I do not rule over my wife. My wife submit herself to me, I submit myself to my wife. We, we submit ourselves to one another. He's talking about Christ in the church. And a lot of people get that and they said, well, you know, the Bible told me that I was supposed to rule over you. You ain't going to be married long if you don't listen. Excuse my English. Then it says in verse number 8, verse number 8, 1 Corinthians 11 and 8, for the man is not of the woman. The woman is of the man. He's talking about in the beginning. The way woman got here, she was born, birthed through the man. See, you got to understand something. The way God got woman here, she was birthed through the man. Now you got to know who the woman is. Who know who the woman is? The, the first century church. It's not hard. I gave you the answer already. So how did the first century church get here? What is he telling her? What he telling her? You were birthed through the man. Christ born you here. How did you get here? You in Christ, how did you get here? You were birthed through Christ. See, you got to know what happened when Christ raised, God raised Jesus from the dead. Why did he have to die, buried, and raise again from the dead? It was just like Adam laid on the ground and went to sleep. God took a rib out of his side, made a woman. So the woman came here through the man. How did you come here? Once again, you came here through the man Christ. When God, when Jesus died and buried and raised again from the dead, you were risen with Christ. You were raised from the dead with Christ. God put you at Christ in his death, and resurrection. Remember, he's the seed. When one seed is sown, how you get other plants inside of a seed? The seed got to die through his death. Then God put other seeds in that one seed, and when, it, when that seed come up, it brings other seed. If you understand farming, you understand what happened with Christ. That's why he was the righteous seed. Once he died and buried and raised again from the dead, you were risen now with Christ, and you were risen in Christ. I have to preach you out of Christ. So that's why if you will never come forth, if I don't preach the word of God, I don't have the power of God to save you. See, when God raised you from the dead, when God raised Christ from the dead, he raised you from the dead. But I'm not going to see you unless I preach Christ, the gospel of Christ, because it takes the gospel of Christ to manifest who you are. Oh, my God. Let, let me go to it. We're on our way. Let's go to the Gospel of John chapter 1. You need to write down the word manifestation. You are manifested, declared to be the epistle of Christ. Remember I told you that? I don't know that you write it down, but I gave it to you. you are man I gave it in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the first seven verses. You are manifested, declared to be the sons of God. How you going to How you became the sons of God? Every time I preach Christ, somebody will be born. May not be in here, but I'm talking about people who hear in this word. You are manifested, declared. You are manifested, declared to be the Son of God. There must be a manifestation of God's word. 
It's no different than when a seed is planted. You cannot bring forth the other seeds or the other seed that's in the seed unless you plant the seed. The seed must go through a process of death, death, and resurrection to bring forth what's in it. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld its glory. We beheld the glory of the Word. What does that mean? It's coming up. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So until the seed came, you couldn't see his glory. Now you got to understand when John is writing, John is writing after Jesus is already born. Because now the word has been made what? Flesh. So if the word already been made flesh, there's already been a manifestation of the word. Let me put it this way. I got, I got children. If you can see my children, there has already had to be a manifestation of the word. Let me put it another way. There had to already be a manifestation of the seed that's in me. You don't have to ask me, am I sterile, if I got a daughter. I don't know how to get it over to you. There had already had to be a manifestation See, when Brother William see his children sitting beside him, he's looking at a manifestation of his seed. So when God saw Jesus, he saw what? A manifestation of the seed. You are manifested, declared, to be the sons of God. He's telling you how you got here. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 15. So the... He, verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bear witness of him and, say, and crying, saying, this is he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received. Of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. So what am I supposed to be? I told you last week, you are a representation of God. When I see you, I'm supposed to be able to have seen the Father. See, you can't see God, he's invisible. You are manifested, declared to be the servant of God. So when Jesus came, he was the word made flesh. So when you saw Jesus, you saw a manifestation of God. See, there is revelation that happens on the inside. There's manifestation that happens on the outside. See, those things you need to write down. You don't know the difference between manifestation and revelation. You renew inside day by day. That's revelation. As God revealed his son to you. But then there's a manifestation of the sons of God. Otherwise, I see your belly before I see your baby. I don't know how other words I can tell you. If you're pregnant, I see a manifestation. I don't see the baby, but I see the belly before I see the baby. I don't know, how to, I don't know no other way to tell you. You do know about belly and baby, don't you? I can't help it. I got to go deeper. 
You just got to come on with me. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse number 17 says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The, but the only begotten of the Son, the only begotten, the only begotten, the only begotten Son, talking about Christ, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has done what? Declared him. So the, the, the Son declared the Father. So when they ask Jesus in John chapter 14, let's go there. They're going to ask Jesus in John chapter 14, which they're probably going to ask you. Where is your God? It's just like somebody's pregnant. They ask you, where's your baby? You're supposed to know your baby's right here. You don't see the baby right now, but the the baby's growing. There's a revelation going on inside of me day by day. The glory is increasing in me day by day. And then there's the glory up on me day by day. There's a change taking place in me. See, that's what's happening to you every day you come into church. You shouldn't be the same you were last year and the year before last 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 and you've been saying you've been pregnant five years. <laughs> Otherwise, you told me you received Christ five years ago. Where's your change? The glory of the latter house is supposed to be greater than the former house. The Gospel of St. John. Here's chapter 14. Watch what the disciples are going to say to him. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, he was telling them that he would leave and he was going away. And they said, we don't know where you're going. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. If you had known me. See, that's the key right there. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. If you had known me, you should have known my father also, and henceforth you know him and have seen him. Why is Jesus talking like that? Because he is the exact duplicate, representation of the father. That's why I told you what you want to do, you want to get in the mirror and look at yourself real good and say, do I see God or do I see the devil? You see one. (laughs) You see something. You see somebody. Now, if you don't recognize who that is, you better be on your knees and go to praying. Because you are a manifestation of somebody. So you got to be able to face yourself and be honest with yourself. Look in the mirror with just you and yourself and say, you haven't changed. You got to be honest. You got to look at yourself and say, you know what? You haven't changed a bit. See, I don't know about you, but I did this to myself before. I got in the mirror, I look at myself one day, and I say, I'm tired of being who you are. I'm talking to myself in the mirror. I am tired of being who you are. That got to be a change. Now, I got to find out what it is to change me, and I found out it's more word. And not just word, talking about slap somebody, all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about I got to know more about this Bible. I got to get, I got to know, I got to find somebody who know how to teach this word. I got to get some glory in me. I got to get some word in me. I got to get some knowledge in me. I got to get more truth in me. And the only way I can do, I got to get, that's the only way I can change. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He's not going to ask you. 
So if you go to church all your life, you see you haven't changed, be honest with yourself. You got to look yourself in the mirror and say you ain't changed a bit. May not be nobody in there but you in yourself, but tell yourself the truth. Just you have not changed a bit, but from now on, you're going to get, you, we're going to do better. You're going to church more. You're going to read the word more. We're going to start giving more. We're going to start walking in love. We're going to start walking in spirit. We're going to start walking in truth. So you got to start talking to yourself. If you can't face your own self, nobody else can. Telling you how to change. John 14, watch what it says. When you have seen me, you have seen the Father. How sayest thou, show me the Father? Philip said to him, show us the Father and we be satisfied. Verse number nine said, Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you? And yet you say to me, show me the Father? Believeth thou, that, believeth thou not that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? <laughs> you telling me Christ in you, you in Christ? Where's the Father? Is he in there? Let me see him. See, the Bible said that the mystery is, is Colossians 1.27. Christ in me, the hope of glory. There won't be no change if Christ is not in you. I don't know about you, but I want, I want to change. I'm not satisfied with me today. See, you may be like, oh, Pastor Crump. No, no, no. Pastor Crump still is not satisfied with himself today. The once you become pleased with who you are, you stop changing. See, some people can't take it. They just can't take looking in the mirror and seeing something in their life ain't right. Now, don't just lie to yourself. Tell yourself the truth. And nobody in the bathroom but you and yourself. You have to look in that mirror and tell yourself, you need to change. I won't tell you what you're full of, but you need to change. Go to 1 Corinthians. Let me show you some stuff. Matter of fact, before we go there, go to John. You right there, John. Go to John chapter 2, back, back. Let's do a, let's do a soul search here. John chapter 2. See, this is, this is how I change. I'm not afraid to say that. I got myself in the face of my mirror and I, I began to talk to myself. And I saw some things in my life I didn't like. And I told myself off. And I said, I don't care who, that you don't like it. John chapter 2 and verse number 10. Jesus has just finished his first miracle. You know, the first miracle is when they didn't have any wine, and Jesus turned the water into wine in John chapter 2. His first miracle. His first miracle. And in verse number 11, the Bible said, This is the this, this beginning of miracles that Jesus do in Canaan of Galilee. And what did he do? He manifested forth his glory. Come on now, you can read it now. Come on with me. He manifested forth his glory. What did he do? He manifested forth his glory. That's what he did. See, he already had the glory. Remember, I sh showed you in John chapter 1, I just read to you verse 14 through 18. And I showed you about the glory. Full of glory. Come on. Let's go back to John. You didn't, you didn't get it. John chapter 1. Go back to John chapter 1, verse 14. 
See, you got to understand something. It's one thing to be full of glory, but you got to understand something. You're full of glory so you can be manifested. You can be full of love, but if you're not loving nobody, what good is it? You just walk around full of love. See, just like I'm, well, I'm just pregnant with all this word. Girl, I got all this word. You ain't loving nobody. Why do you think you got all that word? You got all that word so you can love folk. You got all that word. You're not loving nobody any better than you did five years ago. God fill you with glory so somebody else can get loved more. God fill you with glory so somebody else can get prayed for. Everything you've been filled with is for somebody else. You never see a fruit tree walking around with it, all this limb down inside with all this fruit like ain't nobody getting none of this. I got all this for me. No, 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 no. Every fruit tree reaches out his hands. Everything I got belongs to somebody else. Once you ever begin to understand, once you begin to understand that everything you have belongs to somebody else, when you get that revelation, God will begin to use you to change. But see, we are stuck on ourselves and we think everything we got is for ourselves. No, 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 no. You brought nothing into this world and you would take nothing out. As a matter of fact, the car you're driving right now, it's going to be for somebody else. The house we're working on right now, and I'm working on mine physically and spiritually. But I'm doing that so I won't leave something for my children. Everything you have will be left to somebody else. You just like a tree. Everything that's on you is for somebody else. And once you begin to realize that, when somebody come to you to get to get something off your tree, you shouldn't turn your mouth up. <laughs> what what are you doing with? What you what you need that for? See, that's how people do, and they don't realize somebody is trying to get something. Look at somebody. I just want to get something off your tree. I need some love from you. I need some. See, people need something from you. And you got to understand why you exist. That's just like a water fountain in the morning time or your, 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 your refrigerator. And suppose you went to your refrigerator this morning or, your, or where you made your coffee, your tea or whatever. What if you went there and you opened it and went open? This refrigerator has everything I need in it, but it won't open. That's how people are when they won't open. They got everything people need, but they won't open. They think everything in the refrigerator belongs to them. And what's going to happen to what you got is going to spoil. You're going to become freezer-born. Because you won't, you won't open your door unless somebody else receives from you. That's how people are. And they realize why God can't put no more in you. You're not giving out nothing. You're just like a graveyard. You're just taking everything in. That's why he said God loveth a cheerful giver. And that person that God can find that will always give, you know what's going to happen? What did he say in the next verse? And God is able to make all grace abound toward him that he always, always having. Why would he want you to always have? Because you always give. If you always give, you always have. Come on, put your hand together. You'll never like. People who give all the time never like. 
God won't let them lack. I come in here in the morning time, and God, you be looking at me like, Pastor Crump, you're giving away them five dollars just like they nothing. Yeah, people giving to me. Hey, give it to me to give. That's how God does. That's why I look for children when I come in this church. I don't care where I am, my wife will tell you. If I go eat a hot dog at a restaurant, I'm going to tip. If I go, if I go by rally, I'm going to tip. See, you got to understand something. You got another chance to give. That's what I look at. I pull up to a restaurant and I ask the lady, say, can y'all receive tip? Yeah. I said, well, you just keep the chain. Huh? Yeah. God created me to give. I don't know about you, but he created me to give. I'm just like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He created me to give, and my fruit is coming forth. And as it comes forth, I need somebody in my life that I can give fruit to. That's how God gave me the word. That's why he keeps giving me the word. Do you realize? Every day, every day he gives me the word. I, I got series and series that I haven't gotten to yet. My wife will tell you, I'm just, I'm up all day and night, seem like. I get in the bed, I'm up again. Up and he just keep, I said, honey, he gave me some more. He gave me some more. But he given it to me for you. But you just can't take it and don't share it. Find somebody in your life that you can mentor. Somebody got to be calling you all the time. What do they want from you? The word you're getting right now, you're going to have to share with somebody. That's why you got to know it. That's why you got to understand it. You will manifest and declare to be the sons of God. Everything God is putting in you is so you can give. The more you can understand, the more you can minister. You cannot minister what you cannot understand. You can't teach what you don't know. So the next, I got so much, I, my time is already gone. So when I come back the next time, we're going to show you about the glory of God. And I'm going to show you what the glory of God is. I'm going to use this one. This is going to be one. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. This is just one because the glory of God is, is the word of God. In your life. Here, the word of God is God's righteousness. See the, see, the glory of God is many things in your life, but it's all the word. See, there's the glory of God, and then there's the glory of the Lord. <laughs> there's a difference. The word of God is the glory of God. The Holy Spirit is the glory of the Lord. That's why God is taking you from glory to glory. There's a glory going on inside of you, which is the Holy Spirit. That's the glory of the Lord. It's filling the temple. But then there's the glory of the word of God, which is the manifestation of the word in your life. Everything you need is on the tree. That's Christ in you. Everything you need is on the tree. Healing is on the tree. See, everything God has and he's making in your life is Christ. And all that is, is so you're going to have everything you need. That's what he means when he said, but my God 
shall supply. He's talking about the tree that's in you. So you'll never have to want anything any season. Because God has a tree that's within you that bears all manner of fruit. Everything you need. It's no different than the little guy you see walking across the thing. He call it ant. He doesn't work in the winter. Especially on top of the ground. He has everything inside that he already needs. And you also got everything inside you need. Romans chapter number 3 and verse 23. Just one verse. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Just one verse. For all have sinned, the Bible says, and come short of the glory of God. See, that's why the Bible called this place here, the glory of God, is God's righteousness. See, Paul letting it, let them know everybody came short of God's righteousness. That's the glory of God. Now, all that's in you. God's righteousness is in you. God's glory is in you. But his glory is being revealed from faith to faith. This is really how you're going to become the glorified body. This is how you're going to become the glorified Christ in you. Because God put the word in you, Christ, and is bringing forth the glory. That's why he said the glory of the latter house, which is, which is you, is greater than the temple that was in Jerusalem. And the temple in Jerusalem, when it was finished being built, not that one, the one that Solomon built, because that one was built by Herod, which they tore down. Before the priest could go in the temple, once it was finished being built, and the, God moved in, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And they was not able to go in the temple because God was in the temple. Fulfilling the Habakkuk, the Lord is in his holy temple. That all the earth keeps silent and they all have to bow. Clap your hands. Stand up on your feet. I hope you understand that we are dealing with the glory of the Lord. Not just the glory of the Lord, but the glory of God. Inside is the glory of the Lord, which is the Holy Spirit. He's filling your temple. As a matter of fact, he could have already filled your temple. But also outside of you, there's a manifestation of the glory of God. The word of God is changing you on the inside and out. But you must receive Christ into your heart. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 through 4 told us Christ died for our sins and Christ was buried. And then God raised him from the dead. He did three. You can't do one or two. You got to be all three. His death, burial, and resurrection is what he's already done. Is what you have to believe. And when you believe that, God manifests that in you. He revealed Christ now in you and also to you. The Holy Spirit cannot come in you until you receive Christ's blood. Christ died for our sin, you need the blood to wash your soul so the Holy Ghost can come in you and live in your soul. Hey, my time is gone. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.